This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back, listening to Militantly Mixed. Happy New Year, y'all, and welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, and we're not going to do a normal episode this week again, and partly that has to do with the fact that none of y'all listen to podcasts on the holidays. (laughs) It just so happens that the timing of my episodes landed on Christmas Day and New Year's Day because I release my episodes on Tuesdays now. And, you know, you're home with your families. You're not worried about listening to my podcast on Christmas Day or New Year's Day. And I didn't want to risk losing a really good guest's experience on a holiday episode. And, you know, people are listening towards the end of the week or whatever from last week, but it's still not as high as our normal downloads. And I just like, the goal of this show is to push out the mixed race experience and to show other mixed race people that we're we're not alone, that there's so many of us out there. And I could get all these really great experiences being shared. But if I put it on this holiday, when you're not really going to be paying as close attention as you normally would, their stories could get lost in that shuffle. And I just didn't want to do that. So last week, we did the reflections episode in which I was joined with Javia Nicole from Black Radical Queer and Blurred Vision, my co-host on Blurred Comics. The three of us make up Main Hustle Media right now. Uh, Those are the first three shows that we've released on our network, and it was really awesome having the three of us all together to share what last year or this last year has been for us. Uh, At the time I'm recording it, it's New Year's Eve. And so that was wonderful. We launched Main Hustle Media back in June, and this last six months has been pretty life-changing. There's still some unfortunate things, like unfortunately, I have to work a day job to pay the bills until this company takes off. But that doesn't slow down my grind at all. And and if anything, it's the reason why I work kind of doubly hard is because I'm trying to make sure that I can get this company off the ground so that Javia, Blurred Vision, and myself can eventually, if we want to, leave our jobs behind and do this full time. That's my personal goal. And if they want to come with me on that, I definitely want to bring that. So that's what we did for last week. And it was really awesome to have the three of us together. It was the first time all three of our voices have been together at the same time. And I, I really just love that experience. And this week, what I thought I might be a good idea to talk about, and I wish I could share clips with you from other people having the same ideas and stuff like that that I'm having right now. But I'll tell you a little bit why I didn't, I wasn't more prepared. So on this week's episode, what I'd like to do, since it is New Year's, is talk about how mixed race people combine the traditions of the different ethnic groups that they're made up of, the cultural groups that they're experienced with, as their way that they celebrate the new year. Um, Many of us, whether it's regional, ethnic, you know, national, whatever, culturally, we have different things that we do for New Year's Day. And when you're mixed and you're exposed to all those things, you may not even realize that you've just combined a whole bunch of different cultural traditions into one. Maybe you do. I don't know. For me, New Year's is the most connected to my Japanese side that I ever feel. Um, And that really only has to do with the fact that I primarily had experienced New Year's with my Japanese family almost exclusively throughout my life. Bits and pieces here and there with my dad's side of the family 
But for the most part, New Year's was always celebrated with my Japanese family. So a lot of my traditions have to do with、uh, Japanese cultural traditions. I open the show with saying a New Year's greeting in Japanese. And what I would, what I really would have liked to have done for the show is. Reach out to former guests and hopefully new people, and just say, you know, what are the types of ways that you celebrate New Year's, and do you know the origins of those traditions that you celebrate? And you know, from there, we'd probably have a few clips of different ways that people have combined their cultural traditions, and that would have been awesome. And I had this idea a week ago, and the reason why I wasn't able to pull it off, though. Is that immediately following recording the very awesome discussion that I had with Javia and Blurred Vision for our Reflections episode? I went really dark.、Um, I've mentioned on the show before that I do suffer from chronic persistent depression, and that I'd also had a case of major depression that I'd clawed myself out of through the through the course of time that we've been working on these podcasts. And oddly enough, right after that super positive discussion, I went. Really, really dark, and part of it has to do. I'm pretty sure with the holidays, but the other part is that I my defenses are a little bit down right now, and I'll explain that because I am working a full time job, and because I am producing these three shows, I am pretty much on a 16 to 18 hour day cycle every day, including weekends, because I'm trying to make sure that I、um, don't slow down on the shows. But I also have a day job that I have to stick to, and luckily I have a job that for the most part I don't have to. Think about too much outside of work. That was kind of a goal for me to find that type of position. It's just basically there to pay the bills until I can do this full time. But it's a a really stressful environment, stressful people anyway. And so a lot of it I do have to take home emotionally and mentally. And I'm also an insomniac, so I don't rest very well. And I think at the it's just a combination of like you build up, build up, build up for so long, eventually you break, and that happens to me every so often because I can only handle I'm human, I can only handle so much at a time. And so this just happened to be the time that it all converged at once and closed in on me. The weird thing about depression, and the reason why I talk about it so candidly, is because I'd like to try to remove some of the stigmas when I'm explaining to people what I'm going through, and I get some of the reactions that I get. I can tell if a person has been around someone who experienced. Experiences depression, or if they experience it themselves, or if they are just fully ignorant to what depression is.、Um, and we've talked about it several times on different episodes. You know, depression isn't sadness. Depression is a chemical thing. It is in your brain, and it is a disorder. And sometimes you can be sad, and it's very obvious when you're depressed.、Um, sometimes you could be happy, and depression is less obvious. But depression is your baseline. It's always there. So, like in my case, chronic persistent depression means that I always and have always had it. I was diagnosed. As an adult, but、uh, you can see the signs of it from when I was younger, and I was in therapy as young as 12 years old. So it was always there. It's just it took that it took a certain amount of time until someone actually diagnosed me. But the same things that got me diagnosed with it as an adult, I was experiencing as a child.、Um, so it's always it's always there. And really, what it is is something that kind of re- reduces your immunity to major emotional and mental changes and strains in your life, for lack of a more technical way of saying it. And for me, my defenses were really low because I'm so stretched, I guess. But I'm. That doesn't mean I want to change things. The only thing I would change is that I would have a influx of investor cash to main hustle media, so that I can start doing it full time and not have to work a day job, but that a day job for somebody else. Else. I'd like to work for myself, but since that's not soon to be happening, it's just something I'm going to have to live with. And 
And as a result, I want the higher quality portion of my life to be main hustle media and the shows. The lower quality portion of my life is my day job. And that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. But like I said, exhaustion combined with having to operate basically two full-time jobs at the same time, you know, you can do it for a while. You can do it. You can do quite a few things that is too much for a long time until your system breaks. And right after that call, my system broke. So it was really hard to produce the episodes that we released last week because I was dealing with those kinds of feelings. The positive takeaway from that is I got through it and I was able to still produce those episodes. I can't tell right now because I'm not removed enough from it yet. I can't tell if the quality is as high as I normally give. I don't feel that it was because I was experiencing what I was experiencing. But at the same time, I got the task done. And that's sort of what I have to think like when I am in a bout of of really heavy depression is that I have to complete tasks. And as I do that, I can start to dig myself out of it. Um, So some of the tasks that I completed last week were that I edited all three episodes for all three shows, that I uploaded them and got them up so that you had access to them if you were listening last week. And I went to work on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and did my day job and completed my tasks there. And, And so those are the things, like those were boxes I was checking off as, you know, as long as you can do these things, you're still functioning. So last week I functioned and this week is kind of the same thing, although it's not as dark. I I definitely feel better this week than I did last week, but it's still present. And so I'm still having to work through it, Um, which you won't see evidence of this, but I can see evidence of this and how many times I've attempted to record this episode today. (laughs) So, So that's what sort of made it difficult for me to produce the episode as I would like to have produced it this week, which is talking to multiple mixed race people about their various holiday traditions for New Year's. Um, instead, you're going to get mine because that's what I got. Um, so as I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, New Year's tends to be traditionally a Japanese experience for me. And Japanese New Year is quite a bit different than Western traditional um, New Year's. And for our guests that live in non-Western countries all over the world, unfortunately, because I don't have anybody else to talk to right now, I don't have your traditions to add in, but I'll talk a little bit about the ones that I have. And um, next year, I'll put a pin in it. And next year, I will be able to pull together an episode more similar to what I was planning. But so for me, I primarily spent New Year's with my Japanese family. And one of the things that I associate most with New Year's and one of the things that I looked forward to the most was that uh, we'd all go in the living room and we'd have the, you know, New Year's Rock and Eve stuff on the TV. And we had this like electric hibachi wok type thing that we had on top of the kitchen table. And we would be cooking our skiyaki, which Americans call sukiyaki for some reason. And uh, we would cook all that while we, you know, had family fellowship time. And skiyaki is comprised of various vegetables and tohu and noodles and, and beef. Uh, and, um, and it all kind of cooks together. And so just you're just picking at it with your chopsticks onto a plate while you're while it's cooking um, and you continue to add stuff in as it kind of cooks down. So it's kind of this like ever present portion of the meal throughout our, our evening. Uh, we also a very traditional dish for New Year's uh, for Japanese folks is uh, soba noodles, which are buckwheat noodles. They symbolize longevity. So that was always sort of another portion of that meal that we'd have 
either towards the end or actually on New Year's Day because it's sort of meant to be this positive way of entering into the new year. So that was something that we had. And, you know, we'd have uh, sashimi and other things on the on the table. But like that, if I think of New Year's, the first image I get in my head is like this electric walk on the table with this with the smells of skiaki cooking. A couple of bummers about that for me is just that uh, my Japanese family, many of us are no longer in contact with each other. And with that lack of contact goes that tradition for me. I don't have access to it. I also don't have any of those materials myself. Not that I couldn't purchase them and, and incorporate them into uh, mine and my husband's solo, you know, couple, I guess, New Year's, but it, we just haven't done that. And then the other part is that since I've become a vegetarian, that would reframe the kind of foods that we eat as well. And so, you know, it's 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 tough to try to figure out how to update your traditions to match the feeling that you get from the traditions with the reality of your current state. And so part of my sadness last week had to do with anticipating that this New Year's was going to be like that again, um, that I wasn't going to have access to those uh, traditions and activities through my family. But it's a, it's one of the positive things about New Year's that I've always loved and, and something that makes me feel very connected to my Japanese side. Another thing is because I am um, mixed race and because I, I do participate in some of the traditions on my other sides with our Black southern portion of the family we did black eyed peas and collard greens and cornbread as a big part of new year's and i've never incorporated the two together at the same function but i would basically do my japanese tradition the evening of new year's and then eat the black eyed peas and the corn uh, collard greens and cornbread on the new year's day i did not make it to the grocery store to purchase any of these items I did attempt to go to the Japanese grocery store this afternoon, um, but those of you who live in L.A. could uh, understand this, that if you can't find parking, that pretty much derails whether or not you're going to do an activity here in Los Angeles. And I could not get parking close to the Japanese grocery store, so yeah, I went home. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to have access to some of the foods that I'm used to for this holiday and, and also some of the people that I'm used to for this holiday. But it does make me think about how awesome it is that I have been exposed to multiple different types of cultural uh, traditions for these holidays so that I have a richer type of holiday for myself and my family, which is just me and my husband. And I, I want to hear from you, though. I know it won't be New Year's by the time you're listening to this and, and responding, but if, if there are things that you do that combine your various uh, cultural experiences for your New Year's, uh, hit us up. I would like to hear it. We do have our uh, Skype phone number that you can leave us a voicemail on, 323-545-6001. If you're outside of the United States, I guess that would be a 001 ahead of the number. Uh, or you can just actually record a voice memo on your phone and send me it to me as an email. And that can go to Charmaine at MilitantlyMixed.com. That's S as in Sam, H-A-R, M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, E at MilitantlyMixed.com. Uh, you can also send me any of your comments, questions, feelings about episodes, things like that there as well. I do reply to all of those. And if you send me a message there, I'll probably try to make you a guest on my show. So holler at you, Maine. Um, what else? <laughs> I do want to start off this year with a more positive slant than I normally do um, because I am kind of a pessimistic type of person. But I have so many positive things happening on the main hustle media side, militantly mixed. Black Radical Queer and Blurred Comics. I've all recently had an influx of donations, which has been amazingly helpful. A great way to get us started in the new year. 
I do have um, some new equipment that I was able to purchase as a result of the birthday fundraiser for Militantly Mixed. We had a amazingly generous Blurred Comics donation via Cash App the other day. The donator would like to remain anonymous. They know who they are. I know who they are. They sent their donation with the message, go be great. And it's with that in mind that I'm trying to approach 2019 to go be great for Main Hustle Media, for Militantly Mixed, for Black Radical Queer, and for Blurred Comics and all the other additional shows that we are going to eventually get on our podcast network. Some of it has to do with time. Some of it has to do with money. But Main Hustle Media is going to grow this year. And oh gosh, I just love everything that this show has or all the shows um have given me i hope that if you're listening to this show you'll sample the other two shows that we have on our network right now because the message is kind of similar across the board it's just from different perspectives with militantly mix it's about being your mixed ass self which is a very radical and militant way of living um a lot of people think of militancy as such a negative but really it has to do with taking care of your people looking after your neighborhoods looking after your culture protecting your culture fight against gentrification and fight against injustice um these are all very positive things that that uh, comes along with being militant. And that is why I named the show Militantly Mixed because that is the way that I am. Javia Nicole has Black Radical Queer. The way she uses radical and the way I use militant is very similar. She's about living her Black queer life radically and out there in public and black love and everything like that she, she's just i don't know if you haven't if you haven't heard the show you just gotta listen to black radical queer it is such a good show i'm lucky to produce and edit it but i'm a fan of it even as a producer and editor on the show she does her own curation of her show i don't do that part all i do is take the notes she sends me and i cut the episodes so that you can hear them she does everything else and that show is brilliant it doesn't mean you have to be mixed to listen to my show it doesn't mean you have to only be black and queer to listen to her show and with blurred comics it's the same thing uh we're reading and watching and doing things that have to do with pop culture and comics and things like that through our mixed race lenses um, which shows you a different way to read and look at how comics and other pop culture things affect us all of our shows have some sort of bend in that direction that's sort of like flipping people's expectations and perceptions of what these different topics are what it is to be mixed race what it is to be black radical and queer what does it mean to be a blurred and so if you're not listening to our other shows please do sample them because you do get a lot of different perspectives maybe from what you are if you are like us though then this is a place for you to feel represented to to have your voices being heard whether that is through a guest on the show or you coming on our shows and we are here and open for you to be on our shows too if the if any of our shows speak to you please reach out to us on our various social media platforms and and get engaged whether it's just through talking back and forth or actually attempting to get on the show this is what it's about it starts with our desires to do this and talk about these things and it ends with your representation you coming up and speaking on your own behalf i will do my best to remain as as good a representative of mixed race people as i can through my show but i really need you and your stories to be the re the thing <laughs> that's that 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 preserves the show that that keeps that going i want other people to know what it's like for us out there. I also would like us to feel less alone because we've, we've discovered that there's so many people like us out in the world. So continue to follow us on social media for Militantly Mixed. That is at Militantly Mixed on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we are just going to be growing and expanding as this 2019 takes off. It is going to be an amazing year for Main Hustle Media. 
it's going to be an amazing year for Maine Hustle Media. And if I can only tell you some of the things that we have coming down the pipe that papers have not been signed on yet, so I can't talk about it. We just got some good stuff coming. And I hope you guys stick with us and all of our shows. And eventually, if you have an idea for a show and you need to be on a POC podcast network, holler at your main. All right. I think that's enough. We'll be back to a regular style show next week, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful new year. And yeah, that's it, y'all. I'm out. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I forgot. Run that back. So if you would like to meet me in person or you would like to meet someone who's been on this show as a guest in person, uh, next Tuesday, January 8th at 7 p.m., if you're in the Los Angeles area, uh, Allison Hart, our guest from episode 23, the author of Mostly White, will be uh, doing a book reading and signing at the Romans Bookstore, that's Viz and Victor, R-O-M-A-N-S, bookstore in Pasadena, that's uh, 695 East Colorado Boulevard. She's going to be doing the book reading and the signing out there. I'm not affiliated with the event, I'm just going because I would like to meet Allison in person and any of you that might come out to uh, meet us as well. So um, it's not a militantly mixed event, it's a entirely an Allison Hart and Romans event, but I would like to meet some of you guys if you're in the area. I would like to meet Allison Hart as well. I'm looking forward to it. If you haven't had a chance to cop the book, please go to your local women of color owned, somebody of color owned, a bookstore and ask them to order it for you. It just puts money in, you know, our communities and things like that. And I'm starting to get into the idea that uh, we should, even though it may be a little bit of an inconvenience sometimes, that we should buy locally as much as possible to support our own communities, uh, especially as you drive down the streets and you see a lot of uh, local businesses closing down. So try to support your local bookstore. Come out and see Allison Hart do her book reading and signing in Pasadena. And I'm looking forward to meeting her and y'all. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Johnson. Music is by David Bogan, The One. And if you like what you heard on Militantly Mix, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.